When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. Five the game. And welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse subs on 1075 the game. Tyler, Chris, and Wes in here. Full house. First time since I think Monday, all of us were actually in here together. And guys, I wish we had something to talk about today. Yeah, we're struggling for topics. No clue what we're gonna talk about. None at all. We uh, you know, we we were teasing you yesterday, Wes, that you took the day off on National Signing Day. Of course, we know you were on special assignment now with uh the big announcement, Nicholas Harbor, officially a South Carolina Gamecock. Yeah, I uh, I, don't, I, don't know, guys. It, it it almost has been difficult to maybe put into words. The more you – it's kind of one of those things, Chris, the, the more I thought about it, um, the more, like, gravity I feel like this thing actually has for South Carolina. Um, you know, you, you look at Nick Harbor, and obviously – there's just the fact that he's a five-star. Like, forget everything else. He's a five-star. Um, those guys are rare. And even without bringing in the context of Nick Harbor, the viral sensation, Nick Harbor, the, um, what did Curtis Fry say, generational talent on the track. Um, really, fr- frankly, let's call it for what it is. I mean, this kid has also built his own brand already as well as a high school athlete um but just for even forget all that and you're Shane Beamer and and company I think Shane Beamer was running the show on this thing but huge team effort everybody involved over there you know at the university in the athletic department but man you go out of state and get a five-star guy um you know it's something I want to maybe get into eventually this is a phenomenal class for South Carolina. It doesn't necessarily fit the blueprint that we saw from the Steve Spurrier phenomenal classes. Now, there, there's some differences in how this thing is built um, in terms of where these guys are from. And uh, you, you go into the DMV, an area where, I mean, you you already landed a guy like Tosin Babalata. You already landed a guy 
like uh, Dez Umiazulu, and now you go in and get the top prospect in D.C., a five-star guy, and someone that had 70-plus offers, and you land him on signing day in a battle that goes quite literally back and forth down to the wire. I think sometimes, Chris, in recruiting, there's maybe some some dramatization of things. There's some, like, um, maybe drama gets built is what I'm trying to say when it's not actually there. In this case, this was not manufactured drama. This was not a situation where um, online somebody was building some drama just to make the initial pick that everybody expected. This was a real back and forth to the very end. Um, I understand Shane Beamer detailed that uh, quite a bit in his press conference as well. But, um, man, a down-to-the-wire win for South Carolina on the traditional signing day for a five-star guy. I feel like this one, from a national perspective, um, it's unique for the Gamecocks. This has not happened often, if ever, during the Rivals era when recruiting and rankings and all this stuff started to be covered intently. Yeah, I don't know that it has happened. As you were talking, I'm kind of going over it in my head. First of all, you start with five stars. Not a lot of them. You know, if if we, Wes, were sitting here in a studio in Tuscaloosa or something, we could start rattling off five stars and and be like, all right, well, who, how many are we leaving out? <laughs> There's not as many here. So, first of all, you think about out-of-state five stars, not a ton. I mean, Marshawn Lloyd wasn't even a, a consensus five star. You think of Jordan Birch, who was a consensus five-star. You think of Jadavion Clowney, both in-state guys. Uh, Chris Culliver, not a consensus five-star, right? So I don't think it has happened in this era, number one. And it's a perception-changing recruiting win, I think, for South Carolina. It kind of really just um, stamps, as the kids say, that South Carolina has arrived on the recruiting scene. I'm not saying arrived as a program, meaning they're – just right on the verge of winning a championship or anything like that, but they have arrived on the recruiting scene as a team to be reckoned with at times, right? Um, we were talking about this yesterday when you were up in D.C. This is one of those recruiting wins where when you've seen some programs that maybe aren't a traditional blue blood kind of step up um, their game, it, it's when they start landing recruits that nationally people go, how do they get that guy? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and mm-hmm. I think – that's something that happened with, with Nicholas Harbor. Uh, the most unique recruitment I've covered, the, the most unique recruit I would say I've covered, maybe not recruitment, but the u- most unique recruit I've covered given all the circumstances and a perception changer because South Carolina did fend off a combination of traditional powers, getting him to go away from home, um, surviving a late battle that went down to the wire in this new kind of NIL era. And I think in a lot of ways, Wes, landing Nicholas Harbor kind of a microcosm of like what Shane Beamer wants his program to be. Um, landing a big-time talent, a unique talent, who's a great high academic plus high athletic kid from the DMV, which we knew was going to be a huge point of emphasis for him, as you said. I will be very curious to see, um, and by the way, one of our commenters on YouTube saying uh, they just put college football on notice. And 
you know, I I do think this is, like you said, man, this is the type of commitment that other people do take notice of, especially your hardcore college football fans that do follow recruiting and follow the top guys. The fact that he entered Wednesday as the top uncommitted prospect in the country. So you had some national appeal. You can you can feel the national media that covers recruiting on, on that second signing day. We we talked about it. We know how much of the energy and attention has been pushed to the first one. So if you are a high-priority guy, if you're a big-time target, if you're a five-star guy, and you're still undecided going into that final day, into that uh, that Wednesday in February, that gets you probably a much more um, a, a much bigger audience than you would have traditionally gotten. Even now, Harbor's a guy; he's probably going to get an audience anyway. But it just gets focused. It gets like uber focused on a couple of guys now that. The February signing day is uh, just a backdrop to the original or, or to the new original uh, signing day in December. So, you know, I, I think that plays into this as well. Obviously, all the track stuff plays into it as well. Um, beating out Oregon, which uh, it was kind of weird, man. It, it was it was interesting that you have three schools involved that. I think the relationships were really strong at, and that would be South Carolina, Michigan, Maryland. They were in it pretty much throughout, it felt like. And then here came Oregon, and sort of a late addition to the mix, but you start checking the boxes that we all think are important boxes to Nick Harbour and his family, and you start going... Wow, Oregon checks that. Oregon checks that. Oregon checks that. Um, it, it we were we were kind of all anticipating the Oregon push, but you didn't know just how strong it would be in reality, and apparently it was very strong, and was enough for him to very nearly go to Oregon because I believe of all those those boxes that were checked. However, it is interesting. And noteworthy, Chris, that in the end, I I do think it was about the relationships and the comfort level that he has with South Carolina. I think that starts with Shane Beamer, but I think that expands out Sterling Lucas, Jody Wright. Even more than that, I think that expands into the current players and that group of guys that all have sort of gotten to know each other that are from that DMV area as well. Yeah, and... To go back to what I said earlier and loop in some of your points, you know, and I mentioned it's kind of a landing harbor as, as being kind of a, a microcosm or like a representation of what Shane Beamer wants his program to be. You, you just said on some of the other points even that, you know, I didn't initially bring up, and that is like the, the, the publicity that you get from Harbor because of the timing and the type of kid he is, five-star status, two-sport athlete, high academic kid. You know, Shane Beamer has made – a cornerstone of this program be, I don't know, kind of like making this program the cool program in college football and have it kind of represent what college football is. You know, you, like you think of Alabama and you could say they, they are college football, but it's such a different vibe, you know, more professional organization development. Shane Beamer wants the development part, but also the, the college experience, right? 
you also go back to what you said about Harbor. In the end, when it came down time to actually go on ESPN and say where he's going and sign the papers and send them in, it did come back to those relationships. And I think, again, that's another thing that Shane Beamer wants this program to stand on, not getting kids because you're getting them because uh, it's the biggest NIL deal available and they're just taking wherever the biggest deal is or just because they want to come in somewhere and play early or because the uniforms are cool or whatever it may be. He wants kids to go to South Carolina because they built strong relationships and wants to keep those relationships with players. And to your point, you know, a bunch of Spencer Rattler was involved in this recruitment. Uh, Monique Rames, Pup Power, Desmi Numiazulu, Tri, uh, Tree Babalade, Zabari Sandy. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some. They were all, it was like a team effort trying to recruit them. And I think that's what Beamer wants the program to be. Yes, uh, several of those guys obviously already on campus for South Carolina, even though they're in that 2023 class. Um, Sandy is not at South Carolina yet, is obviously from up there. He, I had asked him, hey, are you going to be at the announcement? He had wanted to actually be there and go to it, but um, he had, they had their own ceremony there at, at his high school, so he could not go. But these guys, uh, that, that was one thing that stood out um, talking to Nick's father a little bit yesterday was, um, the relationships he has built with those guys. And, you know, I, I think the fact that um, Harbor has that comfort level, he even made a comment I, I thought was an interesting way to put it, Chris. And I don't know if I've necessarily – maybe I have, but I don't know if I've necessarily heard a recruit say it like this before. But uh, Nick was just talking about his happiness. And he was like, I perform better when I'm happy. Um which is, you know, an interesting way to, to look at it. Like, you know, you've heard athletes say, like, uh, look good, play good. You know, that's a sort of a little bit different avenue to the same thought, the same concept, which is, you know, hey, if I'm, if I'm in my comfort zone, if I am uh, at a place where I'm happy almost holistic, holistically is how I took it, um, that's only going to help me on the track, on the field. The other interesting thing, Chris, the, the thing about Nick Harbor is um, it, there's an it factor here um, that is very interesting. I know you went up there and interviewed him. That was back August. You interviewed him in August. This was my first time being around him in person and uh, being around that Archbishop Carroll community. There, there's an intriguing, unique it factor uh, about this kid that I, I think partially drives his success other than the obvious, which is 6'5", 230, <laughs> 10, 2, 10, something ridiculous. So I'll tell you what, Tyler, I think we're getting close to it. I want to talk about the it factor of Nick Harbor, and then I want to give you all a little bit of a glimpse of uh, my experience at the scene in D.C. Uh, tomorrow on the other side. Yeah, we're into a timeout. We actually have some audio from Nick post his commitment. We'll play a little bit of that coming back on the other side as we continue our conversation. Here in the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. I want to remind you on Tuesday, February the 7th, this upcoming Tuesday, Actually going to have Spencer Rattler in studio from 11 to 12 talking all things Gamecocks. Certainly can ask him about the Harbor commitment as well as plenty of other things. 
So be sure to tune in for that. We'll be right back with the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on... This is Rich Valdez. Maybe you've seen me on TV or heard me on the Mark Levin Show. Join me Monday through Friday for America at Night, a new kind of talk show for a new generation. We'll talk to influencers and newsmakers about what's really going on in America, from politics to pop culture. We're also going to talk to you, so make sure you subscribe to America at Night with Rich Valdez. Rich Valdez. That's Valdez with an S. America at Night. Get the podcast wherever you listen. Chaos. <laughs> chaos. Um, I'm trying to tell you how it was real chaos. But, you know, that's, that's, that's how it is, you know, with a big recruit like me, you know. Um, it's going to be chaos. You know, everybody's calling your phone. You know, you're making decisions. And that's going to change your life for the next three to four years. And, you know, I've been through a lot of, a lot of talks, a lot of tears, a lot of prayers, a lot of sleepless nights. So, you know, to all get to this point. But, you know, I'm finally satisfied with my decision. That was Nicholas Harbor yesterday after his commitment, talking with the media, just kind of detailing how chaotic the past 72 hours have been for him. And obviously going back to what you guys were saying, just this whole process was crazy up until the last minute. And I thought it was very fitting that he got asked the question, when did you know? And he said this morning. And we know Shane Beamer talked about it in his press availability yesterday he got a not-so-promising voice message from Harbor about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. And between then and when he committed at 1 o'clock in the afternoon yesterday, you know, South Carolina put on that full-court press, and it turned out to work out for him. I think to provide even a little more context here, Chris, recruits say that fairly often. Oh, when did you decide? Oh, yeah. this morning, today. Right. Actually, we know that you silently committed, like, Six months ago. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It, it gets said a lot. In this case, I believe him 100%. Um, you know, and I don't know if I've – I know I'm sure it's happened, but I don't know if I can remember a time in South Carolina recruiting history when they've gotten a guy who basically that late in the process says, hey, coach – Sorry, man, I'm not coming. You know, it, it's it's pretty rare that that will happen. And, uh, you know, kudos to, to Beamer and staff for just they kept kept battling on this thing, kept fighting to the end. They got it done. But I, I wanted to go a little into just the scene there at Archbishop, Chris. It, uh, it, it's, it, it's a really it's, – it's actually, a, I believe, a small smaller school – um, as far as classification up there. But they are very dialed into their athletics and uh, their track track and field stuff in particular I, I think is really good. But they're obviously a proud community. And there was a sort of clowny, Lattimore, Gilmore-esque vibe in the room. Um, it was in the gym, packed out. Cheerleaders were there. Mascot was there. They had a DJ. Um, but before they went, before it went live on ESPN, the DJ, it, I mean, it, it was, it was an atmosphere, right? Like DJ had his music going. Uh, students were into it. 
there was even like a slight buzz when Nick walked in. Um, by the way, I'm you, you never ever do the thing where you say, "Oh, well, that recruit's wearing this color," or he's wearing, <laughs> you know, he wore he wore he wore an LSU shirt to school on Monday. But you never never like you learn that in recruiting pretty early. Never read into that. That's what everybody in the live chat was saying yesterday. Oh, look at the colors that he's wearing. It's yeah, like, that look at the balloons. That means nothing. <laughs> yeah, look at the balloons. I'm like, yeah, that's they- his high school colors. <laughs> but it's Oregon. I, I got to say this, Chris, and this tells you a little bit about the age we're in now with NIL, where college football is going. When he walked in, and, and by the way, at this point, let's let's sync up the timelines. So it goes Tuesday night, Tuesday, really all day Tuesday, South Carolina, pretty good shape. Late Tuesday, we got a little bit of, yeah, yeah, might yeah. be 50 50. Yeah, little battle. Wednesday morning. Very bad. Oregon. <laughs> this is when I'm in the hotel room. Like, I just drove seven hours for good nothing. Mo- good morning, Wes. Um, um, morning moves along. Eh? Communication's still there. I think at the time we were still like, not happening. Mid morning. What? You know, it's a, it's a <laughs> Q sound effects. Later in the morning, did they just pull this off? Mm-hmm. Then there was, so there was some, I would say, quiet confidence maybe as the morning got later and later, but you still didn't quite know, right? You're saying it's been so close. Who's being told what? And then, as weird as this is, Chris, when, when the kid walked in with an Under Armour bag. I did notice that. That's, I mean, I, I hate to say it because normally I say never read into that stuff. I was like, I really truly as sort of dialed into details as he is about things. It's like, I don't know if he would have that bright Under Armour bag right now if he was about to go pick the Nike school, mm-hmm. knowing how much the Nike branding was a big part of what, Oregon was pushing so uh, at that point I was like man they they really are about to pull this thing off but um the vibe in the building like there was a buzz when he got there you go in there are banners on the wall in the gym hanging down and there's like three in a row that all say Nicholas Harbor and it's basically like this guy's faster than the flash <laughs> basically but um I, I I think that maybe came across in the streams and all that stuff that it was like an atmosphere that was packed and stuff but but man it uh being there the DJ was awesome it was uh it was actually a pretty special moment and again there there's an it factor that I'm sure you probably saw when you you talked to him uh you know a few months ago as well a little bag science there I don't know if I've heard of that one yeah. I got an important question on the text line since yeah. you were there, Wes. Did the DJ play Sandstorm at any point? He did not. He did <laughs> not. But it was definitely um, upbeat, hip-hop, like, so basically songs if you were at a, um, maybe if you were at a basketball game and you yeah. were trying to keep the crowd dialed in. Um, I can't remember what song they played. It was a popular rap like song. His, like he had like a walkout. 
I couldn't really tell. Like there, you could hear people buzzing. Give eventually they silenced everybody, right? They oh yeah, they, a, they, they did gave a good people, job with that. They gave people hand signs. Seriously, like they were oh, like yeah? the um, so Coach Harris, Her- who yeah. you've met, um, seemed to be a phenomenal guy. Coach Harris is like, um, all right, guys, we're about to be on ESPN. <laughs> I don't want any, you know what, from any of you. Um, and he's like, when I hold up my fist, we being quiet. <laughs> And he's like, because that means we're live. Yeah. And sure enough, he holds up his fist. Oh, I remember. I saw it on the stream. (laughs) Yeah, pin drop is exactly what I was going to say. By the way, I know we need to dive in. I want to dive into Nick's demeanor Mm -hmm. and and that it factor. We got to get to that. But your stream, by the way, Wes, highly viewed, went viral. Sources say, even in the athletics offices, it was the preferred viewing vehicle. (laughs) Gamecock Central, it, it was ahead of ESPN. In here, I mean, talking about kind of the aura, like, there was a different vibe even in the studio. Like, some people, not a lot of people in the studio normally, but they were, like, congregating. Tommy Moody was sitting right beside me watching. It was good technology. Speaking of good technology, though. Oh, we about to do a segue? We're doing a, a, a segue. It was pretty decent. Make sure that if you want to watch in the future the Nicholas Harbor Commitment. Hopefully, there's more commitments, Wes, of that caliber to watch it in the future. Maybe you didn't have a good stream at your house yesterday watching. You can check out the guys at Integrated Media, Michael, Nathan, that team. They can do anything for you, anything from mounting a TV to creating complete smart home solutions where you can control all your devices, lights, everything from your smartphone. They can do home theater, audio, video, security, and cameras. They can also uh, make sure that your internet is good enough to hold up to stream a bunch of, uh, I don't know, commitment ceremonies, movies, whatever you want to watch. 803-948-8327, Integrated Media Inc. That's integratedmediainc.com, or make sure you check them out on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, we'll come back on the other side, continue on with our conversation about Nicholas Harbor. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler West and Chris Long with you on 107.5 The Game. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler West and Chris along with you. And uh, I thought it was really cool yesterday at Shane Beamer's press conference that Chris's shadow Jay got the opportunity to ask Shane Beamer a question. And uh, Shane Beamer, you know, Kendall told the story earlier, he was very, very personable with Chris afterwards, even when the cameras were off. And I attribute Jay's ability to ask that question to the fact that you took him to Firehouse Subs where you brought him in here yesterday. Yeah, I, I think, yep, I'm glad you mentioned that. We, it was brain food, brain power. Uh, definitely not my training. Um, I'll, I actually have another funny story that shows that I maybe did not adequately train Jay well enough, but he has a lot of natural talent that can overcome that, thankfully. But we did go to Firehouse Subs. I got the sub of the day yesterday, which was actually the New York Steamer. You can get a different one today. Uh, Firehouse sub of the day today is the spicy Cajun chicken. You can get that for $5.99 for a small or $7.99 for a medium. You can get it at any of the 14 Midlands locations of Firehouse subs. Just walk in to your nearest Firehouse subs, or you can order with Rapid Rescue at firehousesubs.com or use the app and join the rewards program. That's Firehouse subs, sub of the day. Yeah, uh, Jay, sorry, Tyler, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, so, of course, in typical Shane Beamer fashion, 
you know, he noticed Jay in the crowd when, when he was able to uh, ask his question, did a great job. He had his notebook full of prepared questions. So we kind of, somebody stole kind of his first preference. Uh, but so we went to number two and he asked it. Did first a great preference job. for a question. For a question. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He had a, he had a, he had like five. So we talked him over. He kind of ordered them. So we had to go to option two. Did a great <laughs> job. Got a great answer. But of course, you know, typical Shane Beamer fashion after the press conference is over, Beamer listens to Coach Fry, Curtis Fry, and then he came up the stairs and, you know, shook Jay's hand, asked about him, took pictures with him, talked to him for like five minutes. So, um, kid ran home and was texting all his buddies and everything. So it, it made his day, if not his life, I think. So awesome experience there. Um, also brought up in the hallway, brought up the Notre Dame game to coach. Mm. And uh, at he got which to time, hold him accountable. Yes. Well, <laughs> he was. He's trying to. Beamer's like, thanks a lot. I was in a good mood. <laughs> and now I'm uh, thinking about that. And Steve Fink uh, at, at Carolina told me, he's like, Chris, you need to train him better with that. It's like, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. But good times and that, and good. Appreciated coach treating him that well. So that gives a little glimpse of what your day was like yesterday. And I think about, you know, when I was in here doing. The show with Colin and, and leading up into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. I looked out in the bullpen area, and you were on the phone just constantly throughout the entire morning, even after the show. You jumped in here with Jay and Terry after the commitment, but you were constantly on the phone all day. Wes, we know you were up there at the commitment itself, and, and Kendall made you guys do this video vlog thing yesterday, <laughs> kind of detailing what your day was like. We heard Nicholas Harbor talk about his past 72 hours. What's it been like from y'all's perspective covering this? Well, let me just say, that's not a National Sign Day thing for Chris. That's just like a Wednesday for Chris that he <laughs> that he's on his phone. Um, I think we've got it down to sign language in here. Chris will just look at me and walk out and put his phone to his ear during the show. But, um, no, it, it, was, um, it was chaos just for one, like I said, not to make it about me. It's not about me at all. But I was like, dang, did I really just drive all the way up here um, in, into the night? For nothing, when we started hearing Oregon on Wednesday, that w- that was my selfish thought, to be completely honest with y'all. But then as the day went on, I was like, hey, maybe this is going to be a good decision. And we, we really, we wanted to have, obviously, coverage for our readers, subscribers, viewers, etc. if it ended up being this this massive commitment, which it, it ended up being. And yeah, I think it was a special day for everybody, man, watching, you know, who uh, Tyler, you talked about the celebration of the staff and you know, the video guys do such a good job of capturing all that. Uh, I, I laughed at the video of, of Jessica Jackson getting, I guess she was getting in the actual letter of intent, and there was just like a little bit of, there was a hint of just like, all right, don't <laughs> don't mess this up. Like, let's, let's get this in. Let's click the right buttons. And then right down to, I don't even know what baseball player captured it, but that shot of the baseball team in the clubhouse watching the Harbor announcement, by the way, guys, you could have watched the Gamecock Central stream and you would have known 10 seconds earlier. But that that was that was so cool. Like, this was such a trend. Like, I, I feel like his his commitment sort of transcended your usual commitment announcements. And we're seeing, I feel like, though, we talked about this the other day, you see more and more people following recruiting and uh, watching, especially the big-time guys, make their announcements. So... I know there was it, you could feel the buzz online. Again, I told y'all there was a buzz in the gym. I imagine, Chris, there was a little bit of a buzz in the ops building because <laughs> it was. I mean, it was still within what, like an hour, less than an hour since Nick had 
announced and signed is when Beamer was uh, was talking to the press. Yeah, I mean, imagine the difference in his press conference and in, in tone and demeanor. You know, if he's coming in there to talk about, not to diminish Elijah Caldwell. I mean, we've covered that plenty, and, and Beamer talked about him as well. But he, he'd pretty much be coming in there to talk about Elijah and, you know, maybe double back to some of the guys that were already on campus from the December period. Um, but to have that to talk about, that's why the press conference was, you know, what was it, 30, 40 minutes, something like that. And uh, just just everybody happy, everybody happy. But, Wes, I, w- I want to go back to the point that you made earlier about Harbor himself, like his personality, his aura, he has a fascinating personality. Like I saw it in August, you saw it some yesterday. If you if you read how he speaks, if you see him speak on video, on audio, like he makes a lot of interesting comments. He's humble yet extremely confident. Like yesterday, like one of his comments is like, "Your king is here," you know, or something. Tell tell us what like what are your thoughts on? just his his demeanor his personality yeah i'll i'll be honest man so i, I was transcribing um he, he gave like a 12 minute interview i was transcribing some quotes from it and i was sitting there i was like man i hope this does not come across in you read it in text and you're like yeah this comes across um i think differently than the way he meant it as he said it and what I mean by that is if you just read some of his quotes, you're like, God, this guy, this guy's pretty cocky, I think. And then you listen to him, and it's really almost from a place of just um, extreme self-confidence. <laughs> and it's not really, you know, some guys are self-confident to the extent that there's like a sense of uh, fake confidence I would say it's almost like they they have to be they have to say this to convince themselves uh, a little bit there's some false confidence involved sometimes in his case it's like so matter of fact yeah like he's no question about it he said some <laughs> things that you that if anybody else says it you'd be like man there's some wild claims right there <laughs> you know honestly but he's he said I was like well I kind of believe him and like he he matter of factly was like um you know yeah i gotta be the number one pick and uh, i gotta make the olympics mm-hmm. i'm like this guy just said he's gonna be the number one pick in the nfl draft and go participate for his yeah. country in the olympics within one sentence yeah you know i gotta be the number one pick and there's not even a period and the olympics yeah well he, and he just casually left out oh yeah i think i'm gonna be a surgeon after that when i get bored yeah, exactly. But that's um, talk about goals, man. Who and I'm sitting there like, who are we to say? Who are we to say he's wrong? Because yeah. he's already done things that no one has ever done, and he's already, you know, the fastest guy in America. I think for his age and at six five, two hundred twenty five, two hundred thirty pounds, and uh, oh by the way. Like you said, he also is great academically, incredibly bright kid. Um, there's just so much to him. But it, it was it, it is fascinating. If you watch that interview, you'll sort of see he's – I don't think he's being cocky or even putting – I don't even think he's putting unreal expectations on himself. That's just truly how he feels. He thinks big. He thinks bigger than big. I think, and 
Um, to me, that in some ways, Chris, that makes it all the more impressive that South Carolina was able to land him, that he didn't feel like he had to go, let's be honest, to like an Alabama and Ohio State brand. Not not necessarily that those guys were even in it at the end, but mm-hmm. he is larger than life, I think. His name has become larger than what you see from, from most football recruits, obviously. So uh, it, it is, he is a fascinating personality, definitely an innate self-confidence that is there, and uh, definitely an alpha I think I'm I'm curious to I'm curious to see what it looks like on the football field, Chris. And um, you know, I think it came up during South Carolina's recruitment of him of bet on yourself. You know, you are the brand. You don't have to go somewhere, you know, to to monetize immediately the most or, or lo- even monetize long term the most because of a brand. You can be the brand. And I think you know Nick even touched on that a little bit yesterday. Another interesting comment, Wes, before we hit the break. You know, when I was over there in August. Nick was going through what he'd be looking for in a school and some of his goals. And, I mean, he, he was like, got to go somewhere where I can do this, 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 and, you know, get to, get to a billionaire, like a B billionaire. Like, okay, you know. But, I mean, like you listened to Curtis Fry talk yesterday about some things that Nick can do. That Like he – somebody was like, can you compare him to another track guy? And he's like, there isn't one. I mean, he's just so serious. And – uh but but he did in a way. He was like his acceleration pattern on the track reminds me of Carl Lewis. Carl Lewis, Carl Lewis. You know, come on, it's crazy. So he it's yeah. Again, I, I mean, all this just sitting in here, continuing to talk about it, just reinforces like just how unique, you know, this this prospect is. Gonna run into a timeout before we do. A nameless texter on the Firehouse Subs text line likes to point out that the West Mitchell recruiting jinx is officially broken. So congratulations, Wes. Yes. Celebrate. And back on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler West and Chris along with you. A few more minutes to go wrapping up the Thursday edition. <clears throat> Wes, I'm just letting you know, that's probably not going to be the last job shadow, or Chris, sorry, that's probably not going to be the last <laughs> job shadow request that you get. We have people on the text line already making requests themselves. Yeah. So. Well, I did tell, you know, my but. Little buddy Jay was like, all my friends are going to want to do this next year. I'm like, all right, well, Jay, you need to let them know this is not typical. Right. Like, this is not your normal day. I might be like. He just struck gold with it. Right. Like, I'm, you know, if you don't go on sign. First of all, that was a more interesting signing day than usual. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes I'm not even at the press conferences physically. Sometimes, you know, I wanted to try to give the, the good experience. But I was, I was kind of worried about it when he asked him, like, well, he's just going to be sitting beside me while I'm at my desk typing and texting people. Like, yeah. It's going to be like, this is yeah. the worst thing ever. Jay hit the jackpot, huh? He did hit the jackpot. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about State Farm and Amy Mason Cup. If you're a small business owner in the Midlands, you got to think about everything that you need to help that business succeed. Things like a plan, happy customers, steady cash flow, but you also need, of course, an insurance agent for your business that gets you. So State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup runs a small business in the Midlands as well. And as such, she understands the unique needs of local business owners. Amy will make it easy to choose the right protection at the right price for you. Because one thing you don't need is insurance stress. You can call State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup for your small business insurance needs. 803-772-5554. She has helped my family with our personal insurance. They're experienced. They're knowledgeable, responsive. They're helpful. Whatever your needs are, she and State Farm will have you covered. Again, that's Amy Mason Cup. State Farm. Her office is at 612 St. Andrews Road, 
Suite 4 in Columbia, just off I-26, Ashland Park Plaza, 803-772-5554. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Chris, you are, for this exact moment, Shane Beamer. You have just signed Nicholas Harbor. You are very excited. Now, you'd have to decide, what am I doing with this guy on the field? Mm Mm-hmm. What's your answer? Almost a pressure to it, isn't there? I would not even say almost. <laughs> there, there, is a- there is some. But this is a, uh, with great power <laughs> comes great responsibility. Curtis Fry talked about that a Moment. little bit yesterday with, with the track. So it, it is, right? I mean, yeah, and, generational talent. Well, and you don't, so you don't want to take this stance on every recruit, but there are some, Nicholas Harbour being one of them, where you could. And the answer to the question of where is he going to play, like if Nicholas Harbour is bringing that up to me in my new role as Shane Beamer, my answer is, where would you like to play? And um, at it has you pointed this out, Wes, like it's kind of shifted. It's shifted um, a ton. A lot. And, you know, from where, you know, Robert Harris, his high school coach that you talked about earlier, thought that his bigger upside was as a defender. But – Actually, on the football field last year, like, he saw, like, okay, this kid's really making strides as a receiver. Like, he's developing not just the speed, but the actual skill set for that. So, it's gone to where he's like, ah, oh, he's probably a defensive player to, hey, he's he's a third-down pass rusher and a tight end to more of now. It's kind of like, this guy's just a big receiver, and it's it's gone a lot more in that direction. I got to say, I like, I like that idea. If you're going to make him a receiving tight end anyway, go ahead and just put him out wide. You can call him whatever you want to call him, tight end, wide receiver. <laughs> but what what cornerback wants to cover a guy on the, on an island who is 100% going to be bigger, taller, and faster than you? There's Tough. not they're liter- that's not an exaggeration. Is there is there a cornerback in the country that will be bigger? No. That will be taller? No. There may there's maybe a Mukwamu type guy out there that's, you know, big and long. Is there a corner that's gonna be as fast as Nick Harbour? No. Seems doubtful. So you, you know, and I, I think we gotta remember ball skills do matter, hands matter, route running matters. All those things, to be completely fair, are going to be a bit raw because he is not someone who's had the opportunity yet to refine his skill set, not ability, his skill set, as a wide receiver. So we have to acknowledge that part. But from a just physical standpoint, size, speed, strength, that is a matchup nightmare on the outside. If you play tight end, you got to worry about blocking guys and uh, setting the edge and getting to the second level and hitting linebackers. I I spread him out there and say we're going to we're going to use his ability to spread out and see how defenses respond. I think if I'm Dow Loggins, I'm pumped. I I think you got to figure out running back. That's a that's a different story. We'll dive into the roster um, many times this offseason. <laughs> but if I'm Dow Loggins, I'm looking at every other spot 
And I'm saying, man, I inherited a pretty good situation talent-wise. Um, and, and I say inherited, but he was instrumental in getting Rattler back, was obviously involved in getting Juice back, um, involved to an extent in the Harbor recruitment and involved with the tight ends that came in. So maybe inherited is not the word. But still, if I'm him, I'm saying, man, I've got a fun talent to now introduce into my overall offensive plans. I think we've got like 30 seconds, but Chris, I feel like that's a 30-minute conversation (laughs) on how you would use Nick Harbor. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more on our podcast today at 2. Gonna say that sounds like the perfect teaser to tomorrow's show, too. So we'll continue this conversation tomorrow. That wraps up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler West and Chris be back same time, same place tomorrow. Jay and Terry coming up next with the halftime show. You're listening to 1075 the game. Mix a little sports analysis, pop culture, and great interviews, and you've got the Rich Eisen Show podcast. Brian Cranston, great to see you, man. One of your first gigs was a Preparation H commercial. What happened? It's called a job, Rich. (laughs) I know you haven't been job hunting in a while. (laughs) I was a spokesperson. I wasn't (laughs) afflicted. If I was afflicted, I would trust you. I would put that ointment on and go, here we go. The Rich Eisen Show podcast, wherever you listen.